Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Dahmers. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope you are well on your way to enjoying the holiday with family and friends. In this post and podcast, we're going to talk about cooking for Thanksgiving. I'll talk about turkey, some trimmings, funny failures, and some other ways to prepare your turkey, stuffing, and appetizers. While you're already probably hustling, preparing for your Thanksgiving feast, and have a plan in motion, this post might spur a few ideas for future meals and give you a few chuckles about some of our past failures. After all, people will sleep off their turkey coma at some point. Football is only so interesting, and those dishes aren't going to do themselves. In case you're new to the small-scale life, we are living simply by growing, exploring, and living healthy. To put it simply, we're focused on gardening, healthy living, and having adventures along the way. Before we begin, let's hear from some friends of small-scale life. For this episode of the Small Scale Life Podcast, I wanted to give a big shout out to my friend Drew Sample at thesamplehour.com. He recently released episode 171, which is all about Hogtoberfest 2017. I listened to this podcast recently, and this podcast put me there in the middle of it all. The stories and experience told around the microphone reminded me of the stories and experience shared around the barrel stove this past weekend in central Wisconsin at the Dahmer's Deer Camp 2017. This is how community is built, traditions established, and bonds between people developed. If you're missing that in your life, listen to this podcast. You'll hear something special. I have to give Greg and Susan Burns and the Burns family a huge thank you for the invitation this year, even though I couldn't make it, and I apologize about that. Also, I'd like to thank Drew Sample for recording this and the bee whisperer himself, Michael Jordan, Daniel Freeman, and others for participating. It was a really special podcast, and I will be attending this next year. The message hit home, gentlemen, and I won't miss this again. So check that out at thesamplehour.com, episode 171. While we're on the subject of Greg Burns, I would like to remind you that Nature's Image Farm does have comfrey left, and it is available for you at naturesimagefarms.com. As always, use discount code SSL for Small Scale Life for 10% off and free shipping. So if you would like to have some of your own Bocking 4 or Bocking 14 comfrey cuttings, reach out to Greg Burns at Nature's Image Farms today. And finally, I would like to remind you that our friends at Aussie Flame Weeders are still selling flame weeding kits to gardeners, market farmers, and urban gardeners. These are stainless steel five burner manifolds designed for a standard 30-inch garden bed. The kits include 16-inch tires and the ability to carry propane tanks so you don't have to. Check them out at AussieFlameWeeders.com. Back to the show. All right. Got all that out of the way. Always good to talk about our friends here at Small Scale Life because there's some good people out there and uh, always happy to promote their stuff. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I wanted to start this podcast by wishing you all a great Thanksgiving and have safe travels on your way. AAA is reporting that over 51 million Americans will be traveling over 50 miles for this holiday, ourselves included, and that is a 3.3% increase over last year. 
That translate to more than 1.6 million more people traveling this year than last year. So be careful out there on the roads, at the airports, and bus stations, and train stations. So be careful out there. Get to where you're going safely. Don't rush. Don't take a shortcut. Get there alive. So like last year, we will also be on the road and we'll be traveling more than 50 miles from our home. We're heading to Julie's cousin's house in Becker, Minnesota for the day. We're going to watch some football. We're going to socialize. We'll probably play some games games and enjoy a wonderful Thanksgiving feast. We had a great time there last year and I wrote an article about it called Thanksgiving Reflections. You can find that at smallscalelife.com slash Thanksgiving dash reflections. Link is in the show notes. Of course, the bulk of that article was talking about the blog and podcast, particularly after a busy harvest season in 2016, um, harvest and canning season. And uh, man, times have really changed this year. So we'll be doing a little more deep dive into that kind of stuff, that planning and talking about uh, comparing 2016 to 2017 in a future podcast, not this one today. So today was all about enjoying the family and uh, just hanging out together and having some really great food and a really good time. Because I wasn't cooking a turkey and all the side dishes this year, I did not post any articles, podcasts, or videos about how to make our Thanksgiving feast. However, if you're like us and will be guests at someone else's house for Thanksgiving, you should still cash in on great prices for turkeys. It's a fantastic time to buy a couple of birds at a low price and save them in the freezer for the future. Save some money now buy them on sale. Okay. Get that done. So stock up. And it's, uh, I know we've got one thawing out right now. I'm going to be cooking some Turkey over the Thanksgiving or over the weekend here. Uh, so we have some in our freezer. We've got, uh, we've got our boys here. So I'm really excited. Jules got one last night and, uh, with Ryan and Danny here and they are definitely uh, protein eaters. So I'm glad uh, we have this bird and I'll be, uh, I'll be cooking up that, uh, that bird in the roaster. So um, I, when I do the bird and when I'm in charge of the bird, I typically make it in the roaster that um, I have a 22 quart Hamilton beach roaster from Walmart that I got several years ago. And uh, I've done a lot of birds and other meals in this roaster. And it's really good to have during the holidays or for parties. One of the real advantages of the roaster is that the oven is free for other dishes and tasks like cooking other dishes and keeping those dishes warm while the bird finishes. So uh, I would really recommend getting a roaster and uh, this Hamilton Beach one. You can find one like it or this one. Uh, it's 20, 22 quarts and you can get it for under $50 at Walmart or other stores and uh, they last a long time. So I would recommend picking one up. And uh, of course, I wish I had an Amazon affiliate right now. I would have a link for that. I'm um, going to try to fix that in the future. So stay tuned on that. But that's for that's for a future show, not right now. So let's talk about how I cook a turkey. Uh, I've been cooking. Um, I've cooked several birds over the years. It's something that I like to do. Uh, I don't mind uh, getting in there, getting uh, the bird cleaned up and doing all the preparations and then and then cooking it. Uh, it's something that I like to do. Um, I have a pretty straightforward method for um, for cooking the birds uh, that I've developed over time. And it really goes something like this. So I defrost a turkey. It's usually an overnight process. Um, so if you haven't done that by... Uh, Thanksgiving morning, you might be in a little bit of trouble, but you know, do it overnight, doing it in advance. You'll have it defrosted and ready to go. Um, you should remove the package of organs and the neck. And, uh, you know, they're usually in, uh, the neck is in the front, the 
packages in the body cavity or uh, tucked in the front. So, um, you know, there's a lot of uses for those. Uh, if you're like me, though, I just throw them away. Uh, they're about as worthless to me as tomato cages. Now, I know others like Jack Spierko at the survivalspodcast.com. He uses those to create uh, stock later on. So I know people use them in, in uh, gravy or use them in stuffing or or make stock out of them. Me? No, not so much. We don't eat that stuff. So I get rid of that stuff. It's all up to you. Again, worthless like tomato cages. So the next thing I do, um, I take the roaster, make sure it's clean, of course, and uh, I line it with tin foil, and uh, it just makes for for uh, easier cleanup later on. Um, you're going to be cooking this bird in there for several hours, and you can imagine um, juices and things kind of uh, getting baked into the side of your of your roaster. So lining it with tin foil is really going to help you later on for cleanup. So um, take the time, do it right, and uh, line the the line the roaster with tin foil and then i drop the uh the turkey after i wash up the turkey make sure that you know it's it's you know just make sure that it's doesn't have any feathers or anything else going on with it but then i put the turkey into the uh the tin foil lined roaster i brush the turkey with olive oil i might brush the turkey with a little honey just to give it something um you know give something give the surface a little uh moisture so um so the, the seasonings will stick to it. So um, a little olive oil, a little honey, and then I'll sprinkle on garlic powder, rosemary, thyme, pepper, seasoning, salt, and I'll sprinkle that on the uh, the top of the bird. And you can see in the in the post there's a um, a picture of a turkey that I've uh, I've done this treatment to, and it's ready to roll. I uh, I turn the roaster on, get it going 325 degrees Fahrenheit, and and uh, and I cook it and I cook it for several hours. I do hook up a meat thermometer to it, and I wait until um, I put that thermometer right in the thickest part of the breast and wait wait till that uh, reads about 165 degrees Fahrenheit, and that's according to directions. So, so um, that's just the way I do it, and I know uh, we'll talk about it later. Other people do it other ways, but uh, uh, that's worked out for me pretty well. Once I get to that point or the, the thermometer reads 165, I remove the turkey. I take it out of the uh, of the roaster and put it on a cutting board. I carve it up and serve it to the family and guests. And uh, just listening to Jack Spurko's podcast on this, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, and also watching uh, Julie's uncle carve up the bird this year. I've, I picked up some tips along the way, some things that I'm going to be modifying how I do it. And... Uh, I'll be talking about that in just a little bit. The other thing uh, I would like you to note is that I do not put stuffing in the bird. I've never done. Oh, I think I tried it once, but I don't put stuffing in the bird. It just it seems to slow down the process. And uh, again, we use the oven to cook the stuffing and uh, we cook that separately. So no stuffing in the bird for me. No stuffing in the bird for us. And of course, uh, once the meal is done, save all the leftovers for sandwiches and other meals if there's anything left we've also taken the carcass and made um, stock out of that so we've dropped the carcass and some of the meat into a pot stainless steel pot with water and uh, boiled that to make a good stock for turkey noodle soup later on so that's a good way to use the resources effectively after the meal is done 
overall, this has worked. The system, this method has worked really well for me for a number of years. Um, I usually have a pretty moist turkey. And at the end of this process, I really haven't had too many disasters. But don't <laughs> don't let me fool you. Uh, we have had some funny food failures, and we'll talk about those in a little bit here. Uh, fortunately, we haven't had too many of those failures, and uh, nothing that was so terrible or so bad that I couldn't correct it or that we couldn't correct it. Um, you know, as much as I put the uh, the happy face on everything, uh, don't let me fool you. We aren't culinary geniuses over here. We're not master chefs or anything. Uh, I don't want to toot my horn too loudly. We have had some funny food failures over the years, and we'll talk a little bit about those. So one of the ones that sticks out is <laughs> the paste mashed potatoes. Um, we made some mashed potatoes. This was down in Illinois. Uh, we made some uh, mashed potatoes and... and uh, it came out with the consistency of paste. I mean, it was just really thick and really sticky and not very good. And I think that was a result of overcooking p- potatoes. And I think adding a little too much milk, it just turned it into a big solid paste. So uh, try not to do that. Try not to overcook your potatoes because you'll get uh, you'll get pasty mashed potatoes that just that are not very good. So don't do that. Um, we've also had mushy stuffing. And so when we were first married, I used to make stuffing uh, from scratch, from breadcrumbs, celery, broth, and other odds and ends. Um, You know, that's the way we had always done it. And uh, unfortunately, one day after Thanksgiving meal, Jules informed me that the stuffing was, quote unquote, mushy and slimy. Yeah, mushy and slimy. That wasn't too cool, but... (laughs) But she preferred stovetop stuffing. So I had to suck it up and uh, take a deep breath and and put that recipe away because it wasn't working. And uh, since then, we've been making and eating stovetop stuffing. Now, today at the meal, we had, uh, as an aside, we had Pepperidge Farms, I think, and it was really good. It had sage, uh, sage stuffing. It was it was very good. Um, So, you know. I haven't made it from scratch since. Uh, I might have to make a batch just to see how my culinary schools have changed. If I'm a better cook and and see if I can make it better, see if I can do it right. And uh, maybe I maybe I won't. Maybe I'll fail. But that's part of the fun. So I haven't done it for a long time, but I'm I'm thinking about giving it a try just for just for grins. Um, another funny. This is a little failure. We had a uh, we discovered a special package. Actually, it wasn't us. It was Julie's mom discovered a special package in turkeys. Believe it or not, um, when Julie's mom made her first turkey, and this is really easy to do, um, when it, when she made her first turkey, she didn't realize that there was a package of organs inside the turkey. Um, she got everything ready. She she made the turkey. Uh, and uh, they discovered the package when they served the bird. And uh, it happens, you know, especially if you've never cooked one before. How are you supposed to know? So it, it's pretty funny um, and easily done. And, uh, you know, make sure one of the things to do if you're new to this cooking a bird thing or this is your first time making Thanksgiving, you know, Take a look at the bird, you know, get the neck out, get the package of organs out. There's usually on some of these birds, um, there's a package of gravy, too. So take all that out um, and uh, you want to remove all that before you cook the bird. And uh, 
again, like I said, people, some people use the, the organs, some don't. I'm one of the, I don't use them. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, for us, if we dumped the organs, ground them up and dumped them into the, the homemade stuffing, it would make it even more, uh, more difficult to eat for our family. So we don't, we don't use them, but, uh, yeah, look out for the special package, everybody. That's a good, that's a good thing to, uh, to know. And then I had another point on here. Um, wild turkeys if you've ever if you ever cooked wild turkeys before i'm a turkey hunter um i've killed some turkeys and we've made them for um we've made a turkey dinner out of them before and uh, the thing you have to remember is that wild turkeys are not butterballs they are very lean and very very lean let me repeat that wild turkeys are very lean so if you're not careful and you cook your 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 wild turkey, the way you cook a butterball turkey, you're going to end up with a very dry bird. And that's just not, it's just not good. So, um, been there, done that. I tried to hustle it along and, and I really dried it out and it just wasn't good. And I kind of felt bad about it cause I, you know, got this wild turkey and I was so excited about it. And then I, you know, didn't have a very good bird. But um, the thing you need to remember if you're making a wild turkey for a, for Thanksgiving or any meal is that you need to use chicken broth and, uh, to marinate the bird when it's cooking. So you're going to be basting often with broth. And uh, you should also put some fatty bacon or some bacon over the top of the bird as well. A lot of it. Um, it's going to give that turkey, that wild turkey, some much uh, much needed moisture otherwise it's just going to get too dry and it's not going to be it's not going to be good so use bacon use broth and you know what you know what they say everything goes better with bacon so make sure you do those and your wild turkey will be all right so um i have some other cooking ideas and uh for for turkey stuffing and appetizers that i came across um I came across this week and it's a little late in the game for this, but there's some good tips here that, uh, that I picked up and, uh, I'm going to implement when I make this bird this weekend and see how it turns out. I mean, I'm going to admit that I'm not perfect and, uh, I'm always looking for ways to improve my skills. So, uh, fortunately there's some really smart people and talented people that I follow. And, uh, um, one of those people is Jack Spierko, uh, from the survival com. As I was, uh, finishing up my work in Western Wisconsin yesterday and snow was starting to come down. I clicked on Jack Spierko's survival podcast episode, uh, 2116 yeah that's a lot of podcast episodes right uh i've got a link in the show notes there so go check that out and uh it was all about uh i think the title is cooking for thanksgiving and killing it i mean jack is jack loves to cook and he's uh he had a lot of good recipes a lot of good ideas about making turkey and all these side dishes and he covered a lot of topics and I'll kind of run through the topics here so he uh at the front first part of his podcast he talked about um some of the human relations side of Thanksgiving and that includes like handling uncomfortable discussions about politics um handling uh chronically late people and getting them there on time and um, he talked about criticisms from the older generations what that means what you should think about it um and then he 
he pivoted and started talking about making food. And uh, some of the things he talked about was making appetizers such such as sweet potato rounds with cranberry and walnut lebna. I think that's how it said lebna. Never had that before, but it's uh, it's a yogurt cheese, so kind of interesting. And then an apple and chestnut stuffed mushrooms with bacon. You can also use baguettes if you don't want to use um, use the mushrooms. Uh, he also talked about twice fried finger potatoes with blue cheese and garlic. And then he talked about cranberry sauce and serving that warm. So he had quite a dis- discussion about how to make a good cranberry sauce. Instead of that nasty can that you get from the store that sounds like a, uh, I don't even know what that sounds like. Sounds nasty. Anyway, um, other parts of his podcast, he talked about how he quarters the turkey before um, before he cooks it. So he quarters it and also brines the turkey. And uh, that's something that I'm really interested in. I'll be focusing on here in a second. And then he, um, he has smokes turkeys or, or roasts them. And uh, he also makes a cornmeal stuffing with andouille sausage. That sounded pretty pretty darn good um and he talked about making gravy and creating some great mashed potatoes that are definitely not our paste potatoes finally he uh, ended the podcast with talking about uh, mixing some after dinner cocktails and then making a dessert he always has to throw in a dessert right you gotta have dessert so uh really actually a really good podcast i really recommend checking that out um you know, if you've listened to Jack before, you know that he's very passionate about cooking. He loves to cook. Um, and I'm always interested in somebody who is doing those kind of things and, and how he does it. Because there's, you know, I can always improve my game. So, let's see. So, while I could go on and on about all these different tips, advice, and dishes you discuss in the podcast, I did want to focus on quartering and brining the turkey prior to cooking the turkey. So with quartering a turkey, um, this is a really uh, interesting concept. Um, You know, the traditional way is like I talked about in my process. You take the turkey, clean it up, make sure it's clean. Um, You put it in the roaster hole. You put some seasonings on it and you drop the lid on, you know, get the heat going and drop the lid on it and go. And that's the way almost everybody does it. Or you put a bag in it or you take the whole turkey and put it in a smoker or deep fry it. you know, everybody's using the whole bird when you cook it. So one of Jack's aha moments is uh, happened a few years ago when he raised and slaughtered his own turkeys. Um, actually, it was about three years ago. And his Thanksgiving turkey, he said, was about 38 pounds. That's a huge bird. 38 pounds is massive. And it creates a unique problem for most people, most mortals like me and you and Jack, How in the world do you cook a 38-pound bird in a conventional oven or roaster or even a smoker? I mean, that is a big, bloody bird. Um, So what Jack did is he looked at it and he decided that the solution was to quarter the turkey prior uh, prior to brining and cooking it. And what that means, quartering means, is removing the meat from the skeleton. And then he could take those parts and brine them and fit them in the oven or roaster. And uh, he did find an additional benefit from this was, um, if you think about it, different parts of the turkey finish cooking at different times. Let me say that again. Different parts of the turkey finish cooking at different times. And you know this is true, right? So that's why your wings get fried, right? The turkey wings are always deep fried and, uh, you know, pretty shriveled up and tough to eat. 
your breast meat gets dry and your your dark meat is almost done, but you're not quite sure if it is done, right? So, um, you know, all these things are cooking at different times. And if you quarter the turkey prior to cooking it, you can monitor each of these types of meat and take them out when they're done. So you've got these chunks of meat here, these different chunks, different parts of the bird, and you can take out the wings. You can take out the breast. You can take out the dark meat. You know, you can, um, if, if the dark meat's cooking faster than the breast, you can take that out. I mean, it gives you flexibility. You don't have this whole bird in there that's getting super dry. Um, you can you can take out pieces when they're done. And I think that's great. And you can monitor each type of meat and then get it out get it out as soon as it's closer, as soon as it's done. So Jack's experience is that the wings will come out first. And typically the breast meat will come out next and the dark meat will be last. Um, that's probably about right too and you'll notice that you put when you put the thermo- meat thermometer in you're putting that in the the thickest part of the breast and uh you know that's kind of that middle average that middle average meat that you're monitoring that heat you know the 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 temperature of so um you know your your dark meat's going to be a little behind but everything cooks a little bit when you take it out and especially with the way jack um jack handles the meat he puts them in packs so all the wings go in a separate pack from the breast meat breast meat you know one of the breast cutlets will go in a separate second pack and these packs are tinfoil like double um double layered heavy tinfoil your meat goes in there you wrap it up tight and uh you keep the wings from the breast from the other breast and and then the dark meat, you know, your your leg, thigh portion. So that's how you can serve the food that way. You're not giving, uh, putting all the, the white meat out there and having everything dry out. You can keep it moist and keep it warm. And, um, you know, you can kind of adjust the way you're, you're, uh, you're feeding your guests and your family. So it's a, it's a really interesting idea that, uh, that really caught my, my attention. And, um, Jack discusses how he quarters the bird in the podcast. Uh, and I watched Julie's, uh, Julie's uncle do this. Uh, he did pretty much the same thing with a cooked bird. Um, so essentially what he did was he removed the breast first, then he took the leg quarters. So the leg quarter, that's like the leg and the thigh. He took that out. Um, and then finally the wings. So you take all this meat out and, uh, and at the end, after you cook this thing, uh, you'll have packages of each of these types of meat. And, uh, you know, what Jack does is what most people, what a lot of people do uses the carcass and the organs, which we throw and other odds and ends for making turkey stock for soup later. So that's a really good use of the whole bird. Um, like, like Greg Burns says, uh, use everything but the squeal in this in this case the gobble so um you know all this makes a lot of sense to me really and it's something that i want to try so i've got a bird in the that's that's thawing out and um and i want to give it a try and i think i think the additional advantage to cooking a turkey like this is you're you're that much closer to serving your guests since you remove the carcass from the equation. Cause you know how it is. I mean, you take the Turkey out then you put it on the cutting board and you got all this juice and you're, you're trying to, you're trying to cut pieces off the bird and handle the legs and the thighs. And you're just, 
you know, kind of fumbling with it. I know I do all the time. And you got the juice going over there. I've ruined a couple shoots, shirts because the juice shoots up and gets on my shirt. And, um, you know, it's just easier to remove the carcass from the equation. It's in a stock pot already waiting to be made into soup. And uh, you can carve up, you can chunk up the turkey parts and, and um, you know, rather than mess with the whole carcass you and all that juice, you can cut up those turkey parts and serve it as you go, as you need it. And it just makes a lot of sense to me. So it's something I'm going to try with this bird and we'll see how it turns out. I'll take lots of photos and, you know, you'll be with me along the way. So... It'll have everything except the taste, right? The smell and the taste. So, uh, yeah, that's what's going to happen this weekend. It'll be a lot of fun. The second thing uh, that Jack Jack talked about uh, that I wanted to focus on was brining a turkey. Um, One of the common problems people have when they're cooking a turkey is getting a dry bird at the end of the process, at the end of the cooking process. I mean, I got that video up there on the blog post uh, from Christmas vacation. You remember that? I mean, they cut into the bird. It looked great. It looked wonderful and glorious. And they're about, they have the blessing, say the blessing. And she says the Pledge of Allegiance. And then he gets ready and he cuts into the bird and it just, you know, it's super dry. It's like the Sahara Desert. So, uh, you know, a dry turkey is just not good. It's just not good. And you've, you've, I mean, you can eat it and you're going to use a lot of gravy, but you've kind of, it's not good. (laughs) We'll just leave it at that. So one way to help with this dry meat, dry white meat problem is to brine the turkey for 24 hours prior to cooking. And as Jack says, you'll notice that the deli, that deli turkey isn't dry. And why is that? It's because they're brining their turkey, and that brining will add juice to your bird, and and it will add because the the um, the spices you've added to the brine, it'll add flavor to that bird as well as flavor to the meat. So brining the turkey overnight, you're soaking the turkey in a mixture of the following items. And this is Jack Spurko's turkey brine mix, and he does a gallon at a time. So a gallon of water, he'll add a cup of salt, he'll add a cup of brown sugar. I'll add a handful of black peppercorns, the whole peppercorns. He doesn't crush them up or anything. Uh, he'll throw a small handful of whole mustard seed. He'll throw four to six bay leaves into it and then eight sage leaves, one pound dry. So if you've got live sage like he probably does down there in Texas right now, he'll throw eight sage leaves in. Otherwise, it's a, uh, did I say pounds? I meant one tablespoon of dry. So the show notes, check the show notes or check Jack's um uh, post on it. It's right there. One tablespoon dry sage, not a pound. One tablespoon dry sage. Um, so check that. That uh, check the show notes there. You can also add some additional items that are not critical if you don't have them. So um, two to four star anise, and then a small handful of whole coriander. And uh, coriander, as we know, are the seeds from cilantro. So if you have some of that, you can throw that in there. Otherwise, they are not mission critical. The real key is to make that to make that brine with those spices in it. And uh, he also said, you know, to get the the start brining the turkey 24 hours prior to cooking the bird make sure all the parts all the pieces of the bird are under under the brine underwater 
Um, and he uses a, uh, this is not in, my, uh, in the post here, but it is in the pod, his podcast. He has found that a four gallon bag is usually four gallon bags Ziploc bags are good for it. And, uh, you can fill those up with the, uh, with the brine and then put the turkey pieces in there and get them going. So that's something I'm going to have to check and see if I have those. I don't think I have bags that big. So the brine will soak the meat, uh, the smoke soak into the meat of the turkey and giving it some great flavor. Uh, if you brine your um, your brine turkey, will have more juices for the cooking process rather than just relying on the natural juices of the bird, and, or your basting sauce sauce you know uh, your broth or whatever you have for basting. Uh, again, I haven't done this in the past, but I will do it this weekend with my next bird. So I'm really looking forward to that. All right, so let's put it all together, right? You know, there's a lot of ways people celebrate this great American holiday. Uh, people coming together and enjoying a great Thanksgiving meal is a great way for family and friends to get together, enjoy each other's company. You know, it's it's really good. And you got some football on. You can have games. You can get outside, uh, take some walks, and and you know, then come together for this big meal. And and pulling it all off just requires a little planning, right? Uh, it requires a little planning and some good advice. It's just not as hard as you think, right? And if you have a couple little failures, little disasters, we all do. It's part of the fun. <laughs> it really is. Um, you know, and it, just roll with it. You can do it, right? Um, you know, we've all been there. We've all done that. We've we've all um, had our little disasters and our great successes in the kitchen. So give it a try. It's a lot of fun. And uh you can do what I did and do a couple dry runs before you actually have a Thanksgiving meal. If you're having guests, you can do that too. And, and Turkey is awesome. You just can't, you can't go wrong with Turkey. So, uh, Julie, Danny, Ryan, and I wish you the best Thanksgiving. We hope that your travels are stress-free and safe. And, uh, we really hope that you enjoy the moment and the people you're spending their time with this holiday. Thank you for being with us on the journey to developing a small-scale life. I'm really thankful for the opportunity to share this journey with you and for your time, for your patience, for your feedback and your thoughts. We really appreciate you sharing the podcast and being part of the small-scale life family. So please be kind to each other this holiday and think of someone less fortunate than you. There are people in our communities that are hurting and need help. Really, there are. There's a lot of them. So give a little time, a little money, and, and, and maybe some encouragement to others. You know, sometimes just a little help and encouragement, encouragement and kindness goes a long, long way. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving meal and a great Thanksgiving holiday. Try to avoid that Black Friday mess. It is a nightmare. Don't go. Don't go. Just do it online. Go to small local business. Keep it real. Stay out of the mess. It's just madness out there. Enjoy the moment, right? So this is Tom from Small Scale Life. Remember to grow, explore, and be healthy. We wish you a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll be back real soon. Take care, everybody. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm.